pitch to the Center Circle Studio. Tim Van Horn goes studs up into the soccer world where no one is safe. 18-yard box is wall-free. This is my three subs podcast, a soccer odyssey with your manager, Tim Van Horn. One game down, oh, to go. The first look at Memphis 901 FC. We'll have the grades on that, and we'll look ahead to the next match as well. But I wouldn't say that's the tip of the iceberg, but it's at least the top half. Yeah, I mean, you know, most of the iceberg is still under the water, and that's exactly how the show's going to go because we've got so much more to talk about. Yes, and we will tell you about all of that stuff with more words coming up next on My Three Subs. Word. We'll be back with today's kickoff from the Center Circle Studios. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. I love talking soccer, but I also love talking about real estate, too. And, and people ask me about both a lot. And one of the big questions I get in real estate is, how's the housing market? The housing market looks great. And really, it all comes down to when is the time right for you? If you're ready to make your move, give me a call. Tim Van Horn at Cry Like Realtors. 901-756-8900 is my office number. Brody, can I give him my cell number? Oh, I can? Okay. 901-262-5000. That's my cell phone. You can also go to my website, timvanhorn.com. I can help you with your move around the block, around the city, around the state, and even around the world, too. I have a network of relocation certified agents just ready to help you. They are dying for your business, and I can put you in touch with those. All it takes is pick up the phone, give me a call. 901-756-8900. That's my office number. You can call me at my cell, 901-262-5000. Or just go online. Check me out at timvanhorn.com. That's timvanhorn.com with Cry Like Realtors. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. We're underway from the Center Circle Studios. So we've got uh, the first match out of the way. Ben Pierman had his first match, and we talked about it in the last episode. We had no idea what to expect. I'm not sure Birmingham knew exactly what to expect. No. And... First 90 minutes in the bag, 1-0 loss to Birmingham on a 60th minute goal. I don't blame the goal. Uh, don't blame Don't blame the goal. Don't blame the ball. No, I, I mean... It blame was, the player. I don't know who you blame, though. I blame society. <laughs> I, I blame the upbringing of the Birmingham players for having the audacity, <laughs> the audacity. to score on John Burner after he essentially stood on his head I mean, and then some. The man with the saves, the golden glove. I think who's the the man of the match, right? The Buff City uh man yeah, of the oh, match. Oh, yeah. oh, far and away. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, like I think he had nine saves in the match. Beautiful saves too. Um but there were saves on both ends. Uh Memphis had their chances. Van Oakle was very good in goal for Birmingham. He mm-hmm. in fact he actually made the USL championship team of the week yeah um guy literally laying out for everything few and far between uh got past him so uh you know i would say i'm pretty happy with the look in the feel of the of the club i know we were kind of anticipatory kind of saying oh yeah we're, we're really excited about this but there was more optimism when than anything else after that view i would say that optimism was kind of Served right. This first match, let's look at it in the form of a Rubik's Cube because there's all different kinds of angles that sure. we can we can look at. On on the glance, first glance at the surface, yes, we lost. We've never won an opening 
match. We went, but let's grade this a bit on the curve too, because mm-hmm. a very short preseason, even shorter when you take in to account the full roster of players that had only been together just days while Birmingham yeah. already had two matches under their belt. They had run a gauntlet against Indy 11 and Louisville. And Louisville. So they were already a bit battle hardened mm-hmm. and Memphis was going in unknown quantity against Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, if we're looking at the first 15 minutes or so, I thought Ben Pierman, the head coach, did a very good job of preparing the team to absorb some pressure. Yeah. And with that being said, I think we caught a break or two because there were some opportunities that Birmingham did have that went begging. But we also had some decent spells of possession to get a little bit of a breather early on. I will say this, that, yes, we started look very Memphis style, very defensive, but the scheme changed throughout the match and, and kudos to Ben Pierman for changing that scheme. It, we went on a uh, front foot there for a while. And uh, while on the score sheet, uh, Birmingham definitely had the time of possession in the first half. Um, and, and there were many, you know, positives toward Birmingham. Memphis showed a lot of positivity in there too. First half uh, possession was 65-35 for Birmingham. A lot of that was build up in the middle of the field. Yes. Birmingham made no bones about it. They were going to go after Mark Segbers down the line with Junior Flemings. JJ mm-hmm. Williams was in the middle. So two Flemings very, is a beast. Two very talented attackers. Uh, Flemings is absolutely everything. His reputation uh, precedes him. He was everything is advertised coming from Phoenix Rising. Yeah. I mean, the, the man knows what he's doing over there. <laughs> However, I thought Mark Segbers did a pretty good job. I held his own. Holding, holding his own. Birmingham was looking for that quick shot over the top or through the lanes, down the wing. And that would be the recurring theme even into the second half of the match, which we're going to have to talk about that particular strategy coming up uh, in just a couple of moments. But I thought in the balance of play in the first half, Memphis had some instances where they still don't quite know each other. And yes, Leston Paul addressed this last week in the uh, interview that uh, there are going to be some moments where maybe one player thinks you're going to go left, you go right. right, And that is a getting to know you period. That's not a lack of competency. That is simply learning your mates, learning their tendencies and, and learning to play as a group. I thought as the match went on, we saw less and less of that. And one thing that I also saw uh, in the first half, but what, what I was really, encouraged by in the second half. Again, this did not translate into taking a result. No no draw, no no win in this. It was a 1-0 loss. But one thing that I saw that was very encouraging uh, was the fact that when we would give possession away, the person that gave possession Bingo. away was immediately one of the first yes. to try to win the ball back. They no. may not have won it, right. but they would cause a at disruption least, of right. that, uh, of the person that took the ball. They would at least cause a disruption to make them do something with the ball no dig at any years past but we have seen it before where the hands go up oh i was you know i was fouled i was wronged in some way no they stole the ball go get it you know what i mean go win that ball back we actually saw that um and and this was definitely a game one uh it feel to it from memphis's point of view and speaking of 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 the physical play i thought the officials were terrific in this match. I thought, I thought it was good. I thought it, they let the game breathe. <laughs> right. It, 
it was getting there <laughs> towards, especially uh, when when tires started to wear the tread uh, there in the, about the 50 minute mark. You could definitely tell there was some tempers that were getting a little hot as well. Well, and once once the first goal of the match hit, yeah. then it started to uptick in intensity mm-hmm. and, and even a little bit in tempo, uh, at least for Birmingham. I think it, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about how that last 20, 25 minutes went for, for Memphis in, in just a few moments. But all in all, looking from the first half and carrying into the locker room, I think Memphis might have been I think Ben Ben Pearman was probably the happier of the two managers because I think so. First forty five minutes as uh, you know the you know permanently installed head coach, you're coming in with a bit of an unknown quantity. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I know. In the interviews, he said that the the guys came in very fit, but when you're under live it, it, situation, you don't get to take water breaks. Right. Uh, it's a whole different kettle of fish. Match. match- Match fit and training camp fit are two totally different beasts. I, I thought when Memphis did have the ball, they moved it very well in groups of three down yes. the pitch. I thought Rashawn Dolly, my first impressions of him, uh, much better working out on the wing. I thought Salazar did a good job as well. You know, those mm-hmm. two guys forced a couple of saves off of Van Oakle in the first half. One looked like it was heading upper 90. Oh, that was in. Parried away by Van Oakle. Ma- maybe the save of the week, perhaps. I would argue. Uh, if, if, if not, uh, it may be on the other end with uh, John Burner and and the battery of saves or the uh, the plethora of saves he had to make. You know the thing is is if any given week, any other week, that's a that's a goal. You know we're celebrating a draw because uh, Van Yokel, uh, as I'm going to call him because of that hairdo, uh, was fin phenomenal in the in the uh, his saves. I mean laid out like I said uh, at the beginning of this thing. And what I think what makes him such a terrific keeper is he's very economical with his movement. He's not a guy yeah. that's all over the place. He picks his spots. He's very explosive when he needs to be. But other than that, he's very quiet back there in in his movement. He is not one. Um, he's a big dude, too. <laughs> he's a veteran player. And that's what veterans do. And John Burner was very much like that as well. You, you see the older goalkeepers. They 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 figure out the positioning once they begin to perfect that. Mm-hmm. And you saw that in Tim Howard career sure. early on he was flying here there and everywhere some of that was out of uh out of just pure athleticism yeah. some of it was not it was it was due to not being in perfect position and as he yeah. got older you saw less of that some of it maybe because he had you know taken a beating over the first yeah. you, know, you know a goalkeeper's body <laughs> yeah. but his positioning became so perfect you started learning geometry a lot better <laughs> he, right he didn't have to make those right. acrobatic saves because he's so smart and we've heard we've heard we've heard people talk time and time and again as athletic as he is mm-hmm. he's every bit as smart and I think I think you have a lot of those traits in Van Oakle you see that uh, also in John Burner too let me ask you this first half to second half how did the forms look from Memphis were you impressed with how they kept the lines and 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 shapes and forms uh, from first half to second half was there an obvious drop-off was there even form to be had I thought the lines held held pretty decently mm-hmm. I thought so I think Birmingham figured out though we're not we are not impervious to going over the top and they yeah. tried that on the wings and they tried that a couple of times in the middle and they were getting pretty close with some centering crosses that were coming in hot they had some opportunities uh, burner with some saves we had some clearances by our fullbacks that helped out as well Zach Carroll pitched in mm-hmm. but the goal came off of basically a route one where Van Oakle just airmailed one down the pitch yeah and he had the bat- assist right yeah bat- yeah bad hop next thing you knew bada boom bada bing you know 
nice attempt by Burner, who got a good palm to it, but just the pace on it and the spin on the ball just rolled off of his hand and went in. Uh, not Burner's fault. He did no. everything he yeah. possibly could. If uh, The only thing that would have made a difference is if it would have hit him in the chest. And yeah. uh, the fact that he was able to even get a claw on that in a one-on-one situation, uh, just, again, a testament to his effort and his skill uh, for Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like there was a yeah. missed play for lack of a better term. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't really, could things have happened differently? Absolutely. But and it was a great finish by Nico Brett. Nico yeah. Brett had a, had, had a terrific finish. It was their first goal he of the season from, over the from, top. from open play. Yeah. And uh, we, we just have a keeper that's good enough to, to make that look like it's, and those are the most, most frustrating ones. The yeah. fact is many keepers would not have even gotten a, a paw on that. Mm-hmm. What's frustrating is is when you get a paw on it, especially like on a penalty or a one-on-one, and you're about to make a big save, and it, and just, it just still gets over the line yeah. and in. But what Birmingham did is they continued to pound away, trying to go over the top, mm-hmm. and you only have to be right one time. You, right. Nobody remembers the 25 times that they did not get that, <laughs> right. but they do remember that Nico Brett was able to finish that. Were there positives? I know we're talking a lot of defensively uh, from Memphis, but were there positives from the offensive Memphis? side. Oh, I think so. Absolutely. And let's talk from a mental standpoint, and we can even point out some of the guys in the match, some of the some of the work that they did. Mm-hmm. I thought immediately after we conceded, we had two pretty good opportunities yes. down on the other end within two minutes. I thought it was... I would a, say off the kickoff. I mean, yeah. off the kickoff, off the jump, they were like, okay, you know what? You punched us in the face. That's fine, but we're going to punch you right back. I thought it was I thought it was a good response physically. Yeah. I thought mentally it was a good response, and that's a, that was a running theme for me throughout the match. I thought the head yes. stayed up the entire match. I thought Kissidou was very effective. I mm-hmm. thought he moved the ball very well. Uh, a Tua Hene was very good out uh, in the midfield. Uh, Oduro, Oduro I thought was was fantastic, winning winning many yeah. a ball that I thought, quite honestly, no, we're we're in trouble here. I thought Salazar, you know, did a pretty good job as well. And Segbers and Gonzalez both moving the ball up the wings. I think that wing play was was pretty steady. I liked Raul taking the corners. By yeah. the way, Raul too cool for school, putting a, a, a off the corners, putting balls right where you want. Yeah, them. yeah, I, I thought he did a very good job with that as well. I, you know, I think we're going to need more time to see just how good that defense is going to be as a whole unit. They haven't had enough time together. Mm. Is there a weak spot? I don't know. I, I, I you know, it's I, hard to say right now because again, we don't have enough sample size. We don't have enough sample size. We this no. is our first match. Um, were there concerns that I had? Yeah, I mean. <sighs> I probably would have made the sub sooner. Um, ben Pierman making the sub uh, there in the 75th almost minute um, with uh, Guitar coming in. Who? How did you like him, by the way? I loved him. I loved him. The wild hair, wild man running up and down, literally making chaos uh, there in the midfield. I mean, he literally made chaos a couple times in the in the midfield, which honestly, kind of like Mark Birch, but runs. Yeah, yeah. It was like this man is out for for chaos and destruction. I wanted. It feels like a Bash Brother kind of situation, you know, where he's just gonna go in. Uh, maybe there was an elbow or two thrown, uh, but you know, listen, yeah, these things happen. You know, you're, it, it's only a foul if you get caught. So uh, yeah, I was happy with Guitar. I, I really was uh, coming off the bench there. Like I said in the 
about late 75th. I didn't see much on Kyle Murphy to get much of an opinion on how yeah. th- how he's going to be with Memphis. So I, I'll just reserve judgment. Yeah. That will be to be determined. I like Kadeem Dakers coming off oh, of the bench. I too. thought he made an immediate impact uh, running down the wing for Memphis. Looking forward to see more of him as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, well, we can finally talk about him. He didn't play. He didn't see any playing time. Yes. But, but we can finally talk about the young 18 year old that we were chatting about last week. Who's actually 19. He's actually 19. Tycho Collins. <laughs> yeah. Tycho is uh, the first Academy player signed by uh, the club. Yeah. And um, we've been high on him since, well, you sent me the video at in, back in February. We can talk about this, right? I we don't can talk, why not. We, we, can, we can talk. Yeah. I, I, I don't think there's any violation in all of this. Um, let's give some background on Tycho Collins. Yeah. And, and then I'm going to explain to you why you need to shut the hell up if you think there's some sort of nepotism or favoritism <laughs> on this. Okay. Right. This is going to be an, F, an STFU yeah. uh, by the time we get to the end of this. Okay. <laughs> Dan Collins was a co-owner of Memphis City FC, an NPSL team. Right. All right. This was back before 901 FC. They played out at Mike Rose, played out at Christian Brothers. Mm-hmm. And, well, you remember, they, they draw a thousand people out there. It, yeah. was, it, it was kind of a cool thing. It was and, fun. And, and that's kind of how, you know, that, that was underground. That was kind of the rebirth of a, of a supporters group, which eventually became Bluff, Bluff City, City Mafia. <laughs> so Dan was here. Now, during that time, Tycho was actually playing overseas. He was on trial with Chelsea. He was around, what, 14, 15 years old. I don't know. On trial for three weeks with Chelsea. Had a run there. Uh, VVV Venlo up in uh, in in the Netherlands. Uh, he had uh, spent time uh, elsewhere in Europe and also spent time with Houston Dynamo. I believe it was the under-19. So this is a guy that has had trials and looks and has been playing in youth systems, not just in America, but Abroad, right, right. Uh, and we're talking major clubs here. I mean, Chelsea—that's a Premier League level. That's right. You know, and creme de la creme. And at some point, we'll sit down with Tycho. We'll talk yes. with Tycho. We'll probably talk with Dan. Dan too. We'll right. get we'll get them both in here. I mean, they're the spitting image of each other. They're they're freaking <laughs> awesome. And we'll talk about that three week trial uh, because he was there uh, when Hudson Adoya was there and and some of the other guys. Man, and uh, you know, his dad speaks in glowing terms of Chelsea and just you know how amazing. To be able to make that senior team, just absolutely how utterly amazing! I mean, he lo- he's proud of his son, right. uh, loves his son, uh, and but he speaks uh, you know in nothing Volumes, but the highest terms, right? right absolutely. Uh, but so with COVID, essentially, I guess those under 19s got shut down or something. Again, yeah. we'll get Tycho on, uh, but he had he had a resume video which all young players pretty pretty much have. Sure, and Dan. Dan, who lives in Florida now, shot me a text and said, hey, check this out. Check, check out my boy. <laughs> and you saw it. It was a two-minute video. Yeah. And he's just roaring up and down the wings like a madman. It's flying. And no, f- he's not running. He's flying. He's flying. And what was really impressive is he knows when to keep the ball, yes. when, like, when, when to take somebody on. Smart. But he also knows when to pass, and he's mm-hmm. a good finisher. Yes. So you send me this video, and I'm thinking, who is this kid? You know, wh- yeah. where is he going to end up? Because yeah. he's he's not. You mean he's coming here? You know, you, you and and that was the that was the conversation we had. Should should we send it? Let's send it over to coach. Let's see what he thinks. Well, I texted. I I sent a message over to Ben Pierman, mm-hmm. the head coach of Nine One I said, "Listen, I'm not one to pimp players. Uh, I but- know, I know at this point you are in the <laughs> seeking mode. Yeah." Because this was early. For young talent. And Ben has always made it clear he would love to get some academy players yes. into the system uh, because you you get to be on the first team roster. If you're good enough, mm-hmm. you can earn playing time, but you don't lose your college eligibility if you ever change your mind. mind right. So it's a great setup. 
I got a guy. I think you may want to look at him. He played club ball in Memphis for Lobos, mm-hmm. and he has a little bit of a Memphis background. And his, you know, and I said, you know, and and by the way, his, you know, his dad, you know, was involved, you know, in in Memphis soccer Huge here, way. and you know, is more than happy to get him to Memphis if you need to take a look. And so he said, absolutely, send it over. We and, didn't hear anything. By the way, this is where communication from this stopped at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, we didn't hear a word. Well, like, what's happening? I mean, we would get updates from from his dad saying, "Well, you know, I mean, he's in Memphis." <laughs> <You know? laughs> but after that, we didn't hear anything. What now? Where are we talking timeline? Because so timeline wise, I mean, this is, I, I guess, Tycho. Well, we got the okay. Uh, ben was like, uh, Coach Pierman was like, yeah, pretty quickly. This I is mean, cool. Yeah, and, and this is one of the things that I liked. He's like, hey, not at all. You know, no problem. Send it over to me. Yeah, and it wasn't too long. He and he said, can you know, you know, get us in touch. You know, yeah, get, you, know, you know, get get us in touch. And I said, fine, okay. Here's you know, here here's their contact info. And then we backed out of the way. And the next thing I know, he's here and playing. Yeah, yeah, he's he's here. He's training with the team. And then you know, it's like okay, here comes you know, academy. But, but first we, academy player. But at that point, it was radio silence in between that time. Well, and, all, and fair enough because it's not any of our damn business. Well, that's at that true. point, yeah, that's true. yeah, yeah. I kind of feel vested interest though. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, so um, I, I want to say first, but <laughs> so I wasn't first. <laughs> I, I it was awesome that we got a coach here that has and 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 we talked about this last week where Ben's been looking far and wide with James Rowling, the assistant sporting director, to find players. Yeah. It's not as if he all of a sudden's like, oh crap, I need to get some guys. He has been hitting the road. He has been he has walked been and process. talked like a head coach even before they gave him the job permanently. Yes. And you know, like again, we we said we didn't see him on the pitch. Uh but I think the excitement's there. And more importantly, I think what this does is I mentioned the the fire and passion that you saw from, from guitar. He rolling in at the seventy fifth minute, just causing chaos. Could you imagine two of those guys out there? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm I'm guessing that Tycho was probably about ready to pee his pants though about the forty fifth <laughs> minute or whenever Segbers went down with a calf strain. Yeah, because it looked like okay, you know, maybe this is just a cramp. He's okay. I think he's going to get up. I think. And we need to talk about this, too. I, this is when I made the comment to Pete Pranico doing TV when I said, you know, that's why I skipped leg day, Pete. And Pete, of course, Pete, I love Pete because love he Pete. always, I mean, he teased me up to hit that punchline so hard. Well, why is that, Tim? Yeah. I said, well, Pete, I skipped leg day for reasons just like this. I said, you can't hurt what you don't have. Right. That's why I don't. That's why I don't lift uh, uh, leg weights. Look at me. I'm I'm just one rotund piece of just not gonna strain anything. I am. I am. I am just a conglomeration of atoms just hanging out, hanging out, essentially. But uh, I know we kind of got off of the beat. But we've talked about more about a 19 year old that didn't even play than the actual game, the actual match. Probably, but probably hop back on track. But to, to to your point about the substitutions, I thought the team started running out of gas the last 15 to 18 minutes yeah. so started to see that the sun was out it was it warm was hot. again you're in legion field which is a magnifying glass of just heat and hell 
It is not a magnifying glass of, of internet speed though, but we'll discuss that in a second. <laughs> we, so, so you watch and you start to see the guys starting to slow down a little bit. You never to see the around, heads go down. No, 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 no. But to me around the 50 minute mark, you start losing that first step a little bit. And it's one thing to be match, come in match fit for practice. It's another thing when you have the unpredictability, not just the physical strain, but the mental strain of all the decision making that goes into all of the different moves during a soccer match. Yeah. And, and, Believe me, when I say the 50 minute mark, I say that because second half kicks off and it was like right back at the pace of the mm-hmm. end of the first. It was high, fast, loud, you know, and, and that's great. I, I was happy to see it. But to me, I would have much rather seen that maybe at the hour mark, seeing a sub come in. I don't and I don't say that as a criticism about match no, fitness. No. There's nothing else the team could have done differently game, given the circumstances. Game one. We're talking game one. It's not like we're talking game 15 or 25 or whatever. We're talking one. So this is a good jump off. Hey, how did you like the live cutaway to Celtic crossing during the match for the watch party? Can I just say whoever had the the uh, the the chain of phone calls made to, to friends? I want to be on it next time because I had no idea that was going to happen. And it was beautiful to see. I spoke uh, via messenger with Alex Hall after the match. And he said, you know, it was very quickly assembled getting to that venue. And I thought it was a very good turnout given the short amount of time. It looked beautiful. Believe me, that was the best shot from the entire match. No dig at at you guys calling, but that was the best shot, the most clear shot from the match simply because it's the Memphis crew doing it. It was the Memphis crew doing it. Oh, whatever they were shooting up with a potato, uh, there at Birmingham, uh, stop it. <laughs> yeah, let's address let's address that. Let's address it right now. I could have watched the game on higher def using smoke signals. First of all, thank you, Bluff City Mafia. Thank you, Celtic Crossing. Thank you, fans that showed up at Celtic Crossing for choosing to watch the local feed over the ESPN Plus feed because yeah. the feed that was sent to us from Birmingham Legion was absolute garbage. <laughs> you could tell it had been compressed multiple times yeah. before it got here and maybe accessed originally through CompuServe dialogue. <laughs> it was that bad. It was bad. The camera angles were so high up. I think I commented to Pete that maybe they were using Google Maps. <laughs> For the for the for the shot up high, right. and then and then the iris. It seemed like the iris was set so poorly. Yeah, it, it was it well, was almost see. you. It was almost eye burning to look at the far side of the pitch because yeah. we had white jerseys on. The ball was white. We couldn't see a damn thing. That's why we didn't call a lot of the names and numbers because we couldn't see them. Nineteen ninety five called wanted its definition back. Oh gosh, it All was right. it was awful. Yeah, it, but to your credit. You guys did a bang up job. Listen, I appreciate that. I, I I'd like to apologize y'all are, for accidentally y'all had a handicap of Birmingham. I, I I apologize for accidentally mentioning your name during the broadcast. I invoked Brody Scott. We had we signed a backup keeper named Brady Scott. I had a Freudian slip. My mom double took. She was like, "The hell did you do?" And I was like, "Nothing." Oh jeez. Uh, but all in all, listen, I had a blast calling the game. I am damn proud of this team. The way they came out under the circumstances, yeah. I thought the effort was there. I think there's going to be wins for this team. I think so too. And and, 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 there, and the games next game's coming up. We don't have to wait another eight months. I think sooner than later. Let's talk about next game. We're here. Let's do it. Uh, you're calling the next one too. Uh, this one obviously going to be. Um, I, I would I would argue a little better. 
Uh, we're playing Atlanta United 2 this Sunday at 2.30. Yep. Um, Channel 30. Channel, again. Yeah, CW 30. It's on again. Um, uh, that's for the local feed. Uh, I believe it'll be on ESPN Plus for the Atlanta feed. The the broadcast comes from Kennesaw State, and historically over the last two seasons, the feed has been just fine. Fantastic. Now, I think last year, was it Atlanta last year? Atlanta United 2, where they, the crowd audio, it was a couple of little teenage girls talking about their Instagram feed or something? Yes. Was they that, were was right that Atlanta? Next to the mic. Yes, that was in Atlanta. <laughs> uh, they, were, they, they must have positioned themselves right at the top of the stadium uh, to talk about boys and their Instagram feed uh, right at the top of the stadium. But, uh, you know, it, it's still a good We've feed. heard worse. We've heard a lot worse, believe me. But, uh, this one I'm excited about. Who do we need to look out for in Atlanta United 2? What are should our preparations be for Memphis 901 FC? Uh, I can tell you my thoughts from watching Atlanta United 2, who, by the way, plays during the week. They play They play as we record this in just Tonight. a few hours uh, against undefeated, or at least, uh, let me double check the standings. They were undefeated at last check uh, as of as of when I checked uh, from the last game, and it is... Uh, Hang on, we're gosh, how did Tulsa's three and zero? Yeah, so they didn't. Yeah, so they're three and zero. They are undefeated. Uh, FC Tulsa. We made I, a comment last week about Tulsa being just a firecracker of a team. Yeah, so they play six thirty tonight. Atlanta United versus FC Tulsa. I think that's going to be uh, that's going to be a tough match for Atlanta United too. Tulsa Tulsa was a playoff team last year. I thought they looked great last year. Uh, they continue to carry that momentum into the twenty twenty one. And let me tell you something. They're going to beat up on Atlanta United too, which is. Fantastic. Fantastic news. So that they come in pissed off against us? Great. No, they're going to be bruised, beaten, and battered by the time they hit us and on Sunday at 2.30. Because they're going to say, oh, you know what? Oh, it's Memphis. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, I, don't, I think if they watch last weekend's game, they're not going to say, oh, this is an easy game. High, fast, loud is what is the new Memphis, this this new 2.0 team that we keep kept chatting about last, uh, last episode. So... Uh, Atlanta United plays more slow, if you want to say, more calculated, if you want to say. Um, they can pick up the tempo when they want to, and th- I'm making those observations off the last game- match that I saw Atlanta United 2 play. Well, I'll tell you why they played slow, and let's compare that to the 901 FC match against Birmingham. I think there were only a total of 14 fouls called between Memphis and Birmingham on Saturday. Yes. Let's contrast that to a 2-2 draw between Oklahoma City Energy and Atlanta United 2. In that match, the reason it was so slow is because that referee blew 46 fouls. I'm telling you, Tim, it was more so than a foul. There was more than a foul every it was it, every yeah, like two minutes or less. There was yeah. a foul called. I mean, it was it was snail's pace. Only four yellow cards, and no, and I don't uh, even think anybody was tossed out of that. No, one. No, I I can't. I mean, and uh, I'm gonna think back. There was one card that I would say, oh, that was warranted. Um, but there was a lot of frustration. Atlanta United 2 played a, with a lot of emotion. Um, so if you can get them off the rocker, I feel like, oh, boy. You know? Um, and who's going to do that? Guitar. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> you throw piranha into the into the nest, you see what happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so I think... Uh, as far as Atlanta United 2 is concerned, I'm not going to call it a win, but 
I'm going to say a really darn good chance. I, I think the game has some energy to it because there is a sibling rivalry in this match, my friend. Fortune. Yes, Dre Fortune's younger brother, Jay. Dre and Jay Fortune will be going head-to-head. Jay started at the weekend against Oklahoma City Energy. Expect him to be in the starting lineup on Sunday against Memphis. I've played against my brother before. I don't know if you have too, Tim. Mm-hmm. And and when you do, you know exactly where you're going. he's going. And you know exactly what's going to tick him off. You know how he ticks. You know why he ticks oh, and yeah. what's, what it's going to take. I think that in itself, fun watch. But here's the question. Does the older brother know more about the younger brother on ticking him off? Or does the younger brother know, mm-hmm. I'm not touching you. <laughs> I'm not touching you. <laughs> no, you know what? I think, I think the older brother has that one up because of experience because of been there done that and more importantly yeah. i taught you what you knew sir oh, okay all right so brody's calling it now and that's 2:30 on channel 30 on sunday again that's going to be on sunday and uh, check that out i will be on the broadcast the broadcast partner for me is yes. tbd mm. okay yeah. All right. I'm hoping I, I have my hopes and, and wishes, but, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I'm trying to get you in there. I keep dropping your name, but apparently I did it on the broadcast, which is probably a big no-no. <laughs> you don't want that. I mean, Those I'll, Brody-isms. I'll stay, I'll stay sideline. You know, I'll be your sideline reporter once once we get to, to that level let of us, broadcast. Let us soccer playing. Let us talk and play with the soccer feet. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk with my feet. Something like that. Coming up, we've got some more business to tidy up. Uh, we'll talk a, li- a little bit about uh, what's happening in the rest of the soccer world. In fact, Uh, The other Memphis professional teams have uh, a coach to name. We'll tell you a bit more about that coming up Mm. and a bit more on My Three Subs. We'll be right back. More next on My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. Hey, it's Tim. Just reminding you, this podcast is now powered by Podcave, the complete toolkit for podcasters. Brody and I want all of our time going into making the podcast as entertaining and as interesting as possible for you. So that's why we ditched our old services, made the switch over to Podcave. This is the complete podcast management, combining all the tools we need to make the best shows we can to make them available on all the platforms you use and to always stay connected with you. Podcave provides unlimited audio storage, so all our episodes episodes new and the old ones are always available whenever you want them in our website it's included and built into podcave so you always have a place to find us it's that easy music and soundscapes we use on the show are professionally made and fully licensed by podcave we get email and text management tools to stay in touch with you guest booking tools episode planning tools podcave even includes customizable news feeds so that we can stay on top of the latest headlines with Podcave. It's all in one place and it's all inclusive for just $49 a month. That's right, $49 a month. Podcave, the complete toolkit for podcasters. Save time and money with your first or next podcast. Don't be afraid. Give it a try. Use Podcave. That's podcave.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-V-E, podcave.com. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. And we have added time to the podcast. Welcome back. Let's uh, let's keep it local for a moment, and yes. let's let's go over to the NISL, the National 
uh, indoor, indoor soccer. soccer league. And they have a press conference coming up on Wednesday, a, the 26th. They have a big announcement in store. Yes. Two big announcements, I guess. We're, Correct. They're, they're going to name a head coach. Which I don't know if that's the head coach of the men's, men's or the women's. Or both. Or both, perhaps. <laughs> so there could be three announcements. <laughs> right. So there's that portion. But also, and I think this is maybe, this may be more settling uh, in, in a good way for the fans that are wondering what the heck is going on. Yeah, so they're going to name... Uh, we're going to say new ownership, but the entire league is set up to where they they want this. This is this is how they set it up, where the NISL basically left the door open for other people to come in and say, guess what? We want part of this. The, the league's board of executives essentially owns the league, and then a minimum of 60% of every team that's going to be in the league, they leave 40% available mm-hmm. for for partial like minority ownership. Yeah. And what has happened, apparently there is some that have uh, taken up their offer to join part of that 40% and they'll introduce new members of the ownership group. This is really exciting. Coming up on uh, next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. And uh, we'll make sure that uh, we're on top of that. We'll be talking to the movers and the shakers. I- I'm sure that we will talk to the new head coach. Yes. Or coach Ez, Ez and new plural. owner or owners. Plural, maybe. Out there yeah. for sure. Any scuttlebutt? I mean, do, do we, I mean, can we do we know anything yet? Uh, my guess is it is someone that has previous uh, top tier indoor soccer experience. So probably not someone that currently lives in Memphis. That mm. would be my guess because you have the MASL already out there. Yeah. They're kind of in limbo. I don't know what they've got going on. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if somebody from the MASL comes over or from somewhere else maybe yeah. uh, that en- that enters into the fray. I'm guessing they may already have some names in mind, maybe even before the league was conceived yeah. of, of some coaches that, that could come in. This is really exciting. It is very exciting and, and it'll be fun to see uh, the next step in this because the first press conference was okay, we're now open for business, mm. but now we need to start Filling bodies into these open positions, and yeah. they're and just like everybody else around the country, they're hiring. I mean, if well, and, and think about this: this is a month after the, yeah, uh, essentially a month after the uh, announcement. And as a refresher, the team will open play late. The, the, excuse me, the teams will open play late December, men's and women's, and we don't know in which order on on every given night that the teams will play. But mm-hmm. one ticket gets you into both women's and oh, so the men's professional matches. The whole night, there will be tryouts coming up in the next four to six weeks. That's cool. For uh, for the uh, the NISL. Now I've got a big surgery coming up in August. So that if I can drop if I can drop about ten pounds, yeah, I may go. I might Come if on, man. if they would allow, I'll go out there for the experience and to report that. Dude, that'd be awesome. But I I, I have I'd no, have to drop like sixty. Listen, I have. <laughs> I have, I have no. I got to drop the no. entire weight of my firstborn. No, <laughs> you kidding me? God, I bet your wife was sore. Yeah, <laughs> at, at the birth, dummy. Oh, at the anyway, birth. Yeah. anyway, um, anyway. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I would, I, I would be willing to volunteer to be the crash test dummy for that. But I do want, I do need to get into a little bit of a match fitness so as not to be an embarrassment to the podcast or to the soccer community. Paint targets on you. And I have no, hey, listen, I have no delusions of grandeur, yeah, of whatsoever. But I may, I, I may wrap double sided tape around parts of my body and so if a shot so it just deadens, you know, like the like like the Velcro darts with the balls. Yeah. 
<laughs> just do it that way. Oh, that's beautiful. But uh, but there will be tryouts. Yeah. And that's for men's and women's. Uh, and beyond that, we'll find out more on Wednesday. So a uh, big announcement, plural, uh, next Wednesday, and we will be reporting on that. Now let's go to uh, st- staying stateside, uh, the MLS, because okay. there's some news happening with, and, and we brought this up last week with the Columbus Crew. Last match against New England, they revealed their lack of crewness. Um, this is the most bizarre thing. It's the most MLS thing because they are the defending champions. Yes. Why are you changing anything when you're a defending champ? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, they also didn't fix their team after last season either. But, you know, that's yeah. beside the point. Uh, it, it, here's the thing. They're still rocking the at the because they were away the white and yellow yeah. and black um, color scheme. Now I have my philosophy on this nut right now because of after last match. Lay it on me. I think what it is because Cincinnati and Pittsburgh's rivalry is so vast and deep and dark that Cincinnati really doesn't want any kind of inkling that they are res- we're close to Pittsburgh, yeah. which Pittsburgh. Black and gold, black and yellow, all the all day long. Yeah. Right. So they they messed up <laughs> when when they were designing this this team and they picked the colors. Why didn't you pick orange? You know what I mean. And I think that's where the ownership is going. That being said, change the damn color. Don't change the damn name. You know, it, within a week of them making this change, and part of it I think goes to the new ownership group because you have to remember Anthony Precourt was the owner of Columbus, and he just turned them over and did them dirty. Yeah, and 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 he parlayed himself a, an expansion franchise down in Austin, Austin to get maybe try to separate themselves of Hey, we're not Anthony Precourt. Let's make some let's make some uh, cosmetic changes. Mm-hmm. Well, those cosmetic changes pissed everybody off. Right. They were not they were not good. Uh, they are MLS's first franchise. You got to be very careful in changing names of your royalty the in first, the MLS. Ab- absolutely. So uh, this new logo, it's awful. It's it is awful. It looks like and it looks like a, a pennant that's pointing downward, essentially, with some crooked geometric looking C. Yeah. They did throw the ninety six in there as guess I guess as fan service, but they are oh, the fans hate it. They're, yeah, they're going to remain <laughs> Columbus Crew. But my question would be. Did you pay more or less than Chicago Fire did on Fiverr.com to have this logo designed by some kid, uh, you yeah. know, that's in middle school? Some 12-year-old was like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> because that's honestly what it looks like. It, it does. It's a bad Fiverr logo. And, and why? I don't know. It's so dumb. I mean, it looks like one of those, like, um, fan-made kind of things. That you have hanging up, or you know, you buy on the, the discounts. Yeah, they buy in the discount store. Though, yeah, you know, um, maybe it's on a T-shirt from from one of the knockoffs, or, or for, yeah, from one of the vendors that didn't want to copyright infringe the exactly. logo. And this is the yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you that's, can find in the gas station that has like this Dallas logo. on it, right? Yeah, no star. It's yeah. just Dallas, and yeah. it's weird kind of font. Same blue, but yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah. just slightly off, you know. But that's this logo. It's it's that bad. I don't know what are they doing. Um, don't mess up what's not broken, Columbus. I liked the original logo with the three workers in the hard hats. I I actually kind of like the circular badge oh, with I the like, 96 and the checkerboard that's and, my favorite. And, the, and the diagonal stripes. I liked that just fine. Yeah, the, and, and I like the fact that it was SC for soccer club because we yeah. are in America. Exactly. Um, anyway, Columbus crew, stop it. Yeah. Just stop it. Go to your room. 
Think about what you did. Hey, did I hear Nashville's throwing the stadium wide open, basically, or about to? Doors are wide open for the next three matches, at least, uh, until, you know, everything shuts down, maybe. I don't know. And we need to allude to the fact and let Memphis 901 FC fans know that when uh, play opens at home June 16th, uh, full capacity allowed, no masks required in the outdoor areas. That's coming up June 16th. The whole stadium's out. Craggers! My boy Craig Unger. We were on a two-syllable. The whole stadium's outdoors. I know. Well, <laughs> so, except like the club area. Who goes the gift there? Shop. People with people. I with don't cabin. go to the. That's the folding money up there. I don't man. go to the gift shop. Not during match day. I've already got my gear on. I'm ready to get the beer and to go to the seat. And I can't wait to rub elbows with everybody else. Well, for those that maybe don't get down there very often, oh my gosh, they'll have to wear the mask wait. in there. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be massive. Uh, I I'm looking forward to that. But uh, I'm so happy I got my seats now. <laughs> I, I, yes, yeah, I got that call too. And by the way, Craigers and, and like I said, Craig Unger yeah. and I are on two syllable. He calls me Van Storm. I call him Craigers. I love it. Yeah, and uh, the sales staff called me yesterday at like five fifty five in the afternoon, just verifying my seats. I yeah. actually moved mine about seven rows back. Oh, because I was on the sixth row on the sideline. Yeah, and with the advertising boards, I can't see crap along the near sideline. It can- oh. Completely obstructs my view, so I'm thinking if I sit a little bit higher, yeah. I'll get to see a little bit more of the field. But everybody that sits oh, along that sideline, it's tough to see. We're we're, we're row one two. We're in row one and row two. Oh, so you moved down? We moved down. Oh wow! <laughs> because well, we wanted the kid. We didn't want the kids to be looking over. We got a little more leg room, a little more elbow room. We can put the stuff on the dugout. Yeah, you okay. know. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So because okay. I mean, three kids. We pack like, you know, like we're moving there. Well, we moved up. We're still, <laughs> we're, still, we're still on the aisle, so I still control who goes to the bathroom when. Oh, good. Good. But I would like yeah, to. Yeah, we're on the end. But please, folks, if you give your tickets to people that have not been before, please tell them to show up on time. Yes. And, early. And if the ball, wait till the ball goes out of bounds before getting to your seat. It's really cute and entertaining to see people that are down in front of you looking for their seat, although you just walked under a gigantic sign that gives you the section number. Exactly. And on the side, it gives you the row. It's, it's really arrows. That, there's arrows. Yeah. There's, I mean, short of like little flashing lights. I don't know how people miss it. People stand there and will look like they're looking for their lost kid. And then if there's a close play, they'll stand and watch that yeah. while everybody else that's in their seat. Sit down. Another yeah. reason why we picked row one and two. Okay. Well, good for you. I wanted to move up so I could see more of the more of the uh, sideline. Okay. I, 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 yeah. It was a, it was a struggle for me. Uh, I really would like to sit on the end, but I can't talk. I can't. I can't take the smoke from the, oh, from yeah. the from the fan groups. Which which hey, listen. I'm glad that they do it for me. For my for just breathing it in. It's tough for me. I would love to sit on that end too, but I I can't wait to see Bl- uh, Bluff City Mafia just popping them just pop them all day and that's my challenge to bluff city mafia get that section full man get it filled up get some members in get there rowdy fill it up and let's party like we've never done it before that drum line it's, just it's, it's been a long time i can't wait my we're, we're already practicing the chance nine oh one you know three-year-olds practicing right now oh, fantastic that's great yeah i'm not gonna miss a game like i said i got oh, i got surgery coming eight. up in august so i'm gonna m- make every possible game that i can to take in that experience whether it's in the broadcast booth or down on the pitch i i can't wait good job craigers absolutely uh speaking of good job while we're on the praise circle good job with var mls so says everyone we are a worldwide leader in var premier english premier league pundits are saying if they can get it right why can't we (laughs) and honestly i'm gonna chalk it up to the nfl how so thank you nfl for showing us that var 
can be a tool, but not the end game and result like it is in Premier League. Premier League stops down all the time for VIR. Well, let's take a closer look and let's get the, you know, the the whatever. They've taken the human element out of, of VAR match. in England has become guilty until proven innocent. Exactly. Whereas in the MLS, you have retired uh, referees looking at the screen to say, I don't know. Is still a human element to it, much like it there is in the NFL. Also, much like in the NFL, you can't stop down every single play. Sorry, but it's not possible. There's still a human element to the game. Let's keep it that way. And I think that's what Premier League is is really lacking here. The ironic thing is, is I know di- you want to get it right, but you don't have to get it perfect at the expense of the flow of the game. Exactly. It's, I find it a bit ironic that a, a referee from the Premier League is is the main consultant on VAR in the U.S. and they can't get it right in, in the Premier. U.K. Yeah. And and it's just, I think it, it boils down to we just understand, keep the humans involved. Yeah. You know? And keep it simple. They're, they're keep not, it, you're yeah. not challenging everything. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's literally props because watching an MLS match versus a Premier League match it's difficult. Well, I think didn't they call back a goal because I think one of the Aston Villa Aston Villa Aston Villa players didn't have one of their shin guards in or either of their shin guards in in the pregame. Yeah, in the pregame, I think it went all the way. We need to run this all the way back. To, nope, didn't have his shin guards in while he's warming up. This goal can't stand. Awful. Well, of course I'm kidding, but there's still so many goofy reasons. It's 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 silly. Well, I mean, but to that point, you have a toe off, right? Well, the computer picked that up. But it was the glare of the toe that picked it up because of the sunlight hitting in the weird spot, which called off the goal. Well, and also... And the human element would put a stop. Is that, is that angle even co- perfectly parallel, too? Well, there is no perfection. They, they, yeah. That's what they're saying, that, oh, that we have this all mapped out and it's all gridded on the... Ugh, it's it's enough. It's silly. It's enough. So, Premier League, shape up or ship out with How the How did they grid that? Do they have, like, a Google Maps uh, car mm-hmm. go up and down the pitch, like a lawnmower, <laughs> to, to pick everything out? We joke, but I don't, I don't doubt it. <sighs> I don't doubt it. I, it looks like... it. It's Leicester's to hang on to, but it's going to be the two Manchester's, mm-hmm. Chelsea, and either Leicester or Liverpool. I think Chelsea's going to be able to hang on to Chelsea to, to that spot. I was hoping, hoping, hoping West Ham could do it. Uh, they just ran out of gas in the tank. But if we're really being honest about this, I think the extra 10 matches next year for West Ham could have been disastrous because mm-hmm. I don't think they have the depth, nor do they have the experience to really carry on a camp one campaign without it being at the expense of the other. Um, I'm gonna say same with Arsenal. They don't have the depth. I really don't. Not and, and give them a year or two, and yeah, okay. Yeah. Now we now we can play with the big boys. I think I think West Ham, given the opportunity to pick up some more people, probably could. If they can get Lingard back, that would be fantastic. Lingard looks like he belongs there. Looks like he's happy there. The question is, will they will they meet the meet the price tag? Now here's the thing. Man, he talked about going. Lingard would go back to Man United, right? Well, Man United is in the fold, or could be in the fold, of picking up somebody else in the name of Harry Kane. Could be, could be, and he's on the list. But that's why I think there's going to be a high price tag mm-hmm. because they need to pay for Harry Kane, right? Yeah. So, so, so Lingard. To get Kane, but do you have a taker at sixty million? Do you have one at fifty million for Lingard? No, seriously. Yeah, I mean, you. I mean, he's been very, he's been extremely productive. I think you also you sell Lingard, but you probably sell David David De Gea. 
as well. I think you oh. you, you yeah, have to you pick one or the other. I think you keep Henderson and you sell De Gea if you can get value for him. Because mm. if you have two good goalkeepers, you really have no uh, goalkeepers because you got to those guys need to be bigger. the guy yeah. you need to stroke the ego they need to be the one that's getting the reps not splitting time right um well we're on Harry Kane because he wants out what do you think man you man city or chelsea those are, those are the top he'd probably take he'd take liver i think anywhere that there would be european play i think honestly chelsea is his best fit harry kane at chelsea mhm that would be interesting. It wouldn't take much of a move because he's still in London. Yeah. I think, honestly, and, and given the personnel, now obviously Chelsea would have to give up something. You know, uh, you, you can't have what they have now for a Harry Kane. But I, I think Pulisic stays um, because he's riding the bench right now. He's coming off the bench, which is, I think, perfect for him. Um, well, he's not your striker option anyway. No, but he does add that fuel to the striker. He sets them up. Chelsea would be a good place. Man United, I think, would be a, a, a maybe a good place, but Cavani and Mason Greenwood seem to have a thing going there, too. And I know Cavani's going to be 35 or 36. They just re-upped him for another year. You're talking about Man City. Man United. At, oh, at Man United, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, there is room for him, I think, but I think you have to sell on De Gea and Lingard right. to get Harry Kane, which is doable, but... Is Man City the better choice, though? Whew. Maybe so. Maybe so. Because City right now, I Aguero's think, leaving. Aguero's leaving. And uh, where, you know, what was lacking in Man City here in the final stretch? Because Man City obviously won it all. But next season, they're going to have to up the ante, as Liverpool found out this year. That's a good question. That's a good question. And and some of it may hinge on whether or not they win Champions League. Mm. Because if they win Champions League, you, now you, you get, get some you, bankroll. Does Pep stay, mm. or does he go? Does he go elsewhere? Because mission complete. Because his mission is incomplete. As long as he does not win Champions League, yeah, his job is unfulfilled at Man City. They will consider that some some good success, but not a win. As 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 Pep, wherever Pep has gone. Mm-hmm. He has never really built more on what previous coaches hadn't already done. True. If he were to do that at Man City, I, then that would be really a first for him. <laughs> they take him to pasture if they win. No, I'm saying, does he does he say I've had enough? Right off in the sunset, or or go and manage somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, he can pretty much take his pick if he's just looking for oh, a comfortable yeah. he, gig. I mean, he wins it. I mean, it's over. At that point, I mean, if he's won Champions League, I mean, Man City. I got this weird soundtrack. This weird. And all these people, all these a-holes singing Oasis all the time. What is this all about? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, done. <laughs> they hated each other, by the way. <laughs> that band was awful. And then, you've, yeah, because you've got the Champions League final. You've got Chelsea and Man City. Yeah. So it's going to be a, a British champion. And then you've got, uh, then you have, um, you have Yellow Submarine taking on Man United. <laughs> Villa, Villarreal. That's Villarreal. what they're called. Yellow Submarine. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Beatles didn't want in, that back? In the Europa, no. In the Europa League, the ugly baby contest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. We done? We're, I think I, I'm done. I, I Listen, I, I'm excited about Harry Kane going somewhere. I think, it, yeah. I like watching it, him in the in the um, World Cups. His, his course has run its time at, at Tottenham. There's no there's no question no about, doubt that. about it. it. That's, that's done and dusted because he wants trophies, not just personal accolades. And yeah. he still has, I think he still has a lot of tread on the tires. And now, so now, now's the time. Um, get out of there while you can. I like watching Harry Kane 
and it, especially in the World Cups. They're fun. Yes. Yes, they are. World Cup qualifying starting up this fall. This fall. It is on the way. Any other unfinished business other than Watch 230 on Channel 30, 901 FC versus Atlanta United 2? With Tim Van Horn on the call? Yes. Um, I believe I will be in the analyst chair. Okay. And it is it is uh, narrowed down to, it will either be Pete Pranica or it will be Dave Willotion on the call uh, based upon... Two A I think, choices. I think, yeah. I think based upon how NBA playoffs are going for the Grizzlies, mm-hmm. we'll determine who's there. For me, it's win-win. I love working with Pete. I yeah. love working with Dave. <laughs> yeah. Life is good for me. I, I, again, I think uh, we as the audience win as well. So let me tell you why. Uh, and maybe this, is, this isn't selfish, but I would prefer to work with Dave Willotion Sunday mm. because if he's working, then that means the Grizz are doing fine. True. And Pete is making that NBA scratch. Yeah. And, that, and that's soup and salad money right there, buddy. So I want as much <laughs> as as much as Pete can stockpile. Pete yeah. deserves it. Uh, had lunch with him and Dave Brown oh, a couple yeah. of days ago. I saw Pete Branica tweeting about yeah. uh, an all-star lunch. You, Pete Branica, and Dave Brown having some Hueys. And it came about in a funny way because Pete, you know, Pete did a, a TV taping for Championship Wrestling here in Memphis. And Dave, Dave did the, and Dave was doing one Sunday. Okay. And Dave, I think, had mentioned, hey, you know, is Pete going to come by to, to Dustin Starr? And Dustin texted says, hey, can you come on by? And he's like, no, I got a soccer game. Yeah. And I said, uh, he told me about the text and I said, well, funny you mentioned that. You know, I've got lunch with Dave on Tuesday because I worked with Dave for 15 years at, at local TV station. Yeah. And I said, we got lunch at noon on Tuesday. You want to come by and surprise him? He says, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so we went to Huey's in Cordova and broke bread uh, Tuesday. And, and it was it was fun because Dave, as, you know, as much as people love Dave, that's how much Dave likes Pete Pranica's work with the Grizzlies. And it was just a fun lunch. We were just talking broadcasting. To be a about fry on radio. that plate. That's oh, awesome. man, it was great. We had such a good time. And uh, and I'm really enjoying, you know, I've known Dane for, Dave for a long time, but I'm really getting... Uh, just enjoying getting to know Pete. Yeah. I mean, good all-star cast right there, man. Yeah, good folks, good time, and uh, we'll have to sit Pete down and have some fun on a broadcast. Uh, and he lets me say my nonsense, and he he <laughs> he, he, he he just lets it ride. So yeah. you know, he he's uh yeah he's good. Uh, and he called. In fact, he called me up uh, last week before we were having our weekly call with the coaches mm-hmm. to prepare for the game, and he just says Van Horn. Every pizza can be a personal pizza if you try hard enough. That's right. <laughs> and he read my, he said my quote back to me. He was like, it's going to be a good game it's this weekend. It's going to be a good game this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Uh, my Three Steps Podcast on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, it's My Three Subs Soccer Pod, and on email, My Three Subs Podcast at gmail.com. And that's it for now, but we will catch you on the broadcast on Sunday. After a win from ATL, that's all I'm saying. Going down no, no, no. A win at ATL. Win. Not, not from ATL. That oh, means the oh, Atlanta yeah, no, no, no. one. No, I mean, we're, we're winning in, in Hot Atlanta. You, well. you got a prediction on the score? 2-1. Uh, okay. That's Ooh. right. We're scoring. We're scoring big. I'll go 2-0. Oh. I'll go 2-0. Late goal. I, I, I'm counting on the fact that we shore up any any uh, any frailties that we had last week just just from wait. getting to know each other. Yeah. Oh, that that probably locker room. They didn't hold their head down, and they had every right to hold their head up. Bam. We're scoring, baby. 
I'm expecting some wins sooner rather than later from 901FC, and we'll be back next week. We'll have more on a recap of the Atlanta United 2 game. We'll also have details on what the Memphis Americans are going to be doing with the in the new head coach, and we'll talk about the new own, members of the ownership group as well. we got a lot to get to outdoor and indoor. We are so blessed. Thanks for catching us on My3Subs. Don't forget to go to My3SubsPodcast.com and catch previous episodes as well. Is that it, Brody? That's it for me. We go. There's the whistle. Thank you for listening. Check out more of My 3 Subs podcast, A Soccer Odyssey. This is a Brody Scott production. Daddy, daddy.